starting the record right now. I wanted to come down in like a shirt and tie just to like really make it, you know, something I thought it'd be funny. You see me just like all like, no, no, this is how I normally get up in the morning. That's really funny. That's but really then funny. I was like, but then I woke up at like 7.45. So I was like, ah, uh, it's yeah. uh, an hour and 15 minutes for this bit. I don't think so. It happened. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brand and a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 122 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandon, and with me, as always, as hot and sweet as two s'more Pop-Tarts fresh out the toaster. Most awesome. Ooh, you're going s'more Pop-Tarts for B-Fast? Oh yeah, buddy. Oh yeah, we're talking. That's that's circa that's circa mid '90s. We're looking at a little middle school. That yeah. was my jam. That's that. back when. You know, I've been here in Greenville, and um, with my girlfriend, we did this kind of breakdown. Uh, we were just talking about like like squeeze its and like uh, ecto coolers and all yes. these snacks, like uh, like fudge rounds that you used to have like back in the day. So you show, like, you we, you wait 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 real quick. You Neapolitan showdown without me? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no 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 okay, no. Let me get. Because I almost offered to do this, but maybe we'll take a look at it. What we did was just like a caloric breakdown of like how many calories you consumed in kind of your peak of eating just like absolute bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like in seventh grade, like it, it was something like I have it over there. Like it was something like I was like over 3,000 calories a day. Like the carbs were just off the trains. The sugars were insane. Right. Like a thousand grams of sugar a day. I, it was nuts. And it like, like it was three Coca Colas. Like I'm not talking Diet Cokes. Like I'm talking straight legit Cokes. Like what's, was, di- what's Diet Coke in the 90s? Fuck I know. There, there, was, there was some Lunchables involved. There was just Ooh. like too much. I got a bunch of Lunchables for the girls and they're, they're, they're half and half on it because we, they went to a theater camp last week. Oh, nice. Uh, which was pretty cool. Fun to get them out of the house and everything was, you know, socially distanced and all that fun stuff, but they enjoyed it. But yeah, I was, you, you said the Pop-Tarts. I was a toaster strudel kid. Like that was my jam. Oh, rich kid. Sink the toaster. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. That, you know, <laughs> you know, phyllo dough runs, runs free in the MA household. But no, I would put that on there and then little hack on the toaster oven. I would set just on the rim, the little like uh, frosting packet on the edge not so over the coils but just on the edge when where the little plastic would warm up on the toaster oven oh man so it'd warm up and liquefy it and then it just easily run out Ooh, it's delish the most awesome gordon ramsay up in here exactly um, i put some emerald legacy on <laughs> bam uh we got a jam-packed episode 122 for you guys we're doing rip from the headlines we're doing most awesome and brand dana go pro we're gonna hit the inbox got two emails there mad league 2020 all-time NBA teams, we are at the finals. Got an update for you right there, guys. Neapolitan Showdown, we're talking worst car accessories. Brandana Gambling Corner, patiently been waiting for three episodes. We're going to tell you how to win your home poker game. Sorry if you've lost the last three while waiting around for this. We'll get to yeah. it today, and then we'll finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. Starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. Talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. 
All right, Rip from the headlines, most awesome in brand and a GoPro. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Well, because we were playing around with it and, and the idea of what sports we would have loved to have played professionally kind of got batted around. And I thought it'd be a good, fun topic to talk about. You know, it's, uh, you know, a little pull the curtain back. We always like doing that here on the MAB podcast. Yeah, and I like what you added on to it too also, like, because there's two things, right? There's just, uh, I think this is, fun because it's going to also help us to be like really self-aware of our right, athletic right. abilities and right, like just right. looking at it like I wrote some of the down this like these notes that I think I would have been totally um like embarrassed or just like you know defensive of where it's just like Brandon you don't have any calves and in eighth grade I'd be like I can jump and now I'm just like I don't have any calves bro like that's just that's a straight story so it's two different things right it's just like if we were able to make it pro which would be the most likely position yeah. And then there's just like the fantasy, like if I could just snap my fingers and be a pro athlete, this is the position I'd be playing. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so for me, so I played in high school. Wait, give me, give me your, uh, give me your, just kind of give me the scouting report on you real fast. Can you oh, do that? Okay. Give, yeah, give yeah, me, for sure. Give me your strengths, maybe peak you or peak where you could get it today or like whatever like it's post high school college yeah. give, me, give me what the strength list looks like and then give me some of the cons cons okay so i'll, I'll run down I'll, I'll give you stats i'll give you metrics baby so okay. i i uh i was like i'd say i'm just a, a, a hair under six feet uh so like five eleven and three quarters but who's counting yeah. um and in high school and college i i walked around at like 190 to 200 205 somewhere in there but i was i mean I, i'm not a fat guy for those that are listening i i was a i was a muscular guy I got thick thighs yeah. uh you know what i mean and um in high school i ran track i ran all the sprints so i did four by one four by two 100 200 and then long jump and then played basketball and jv basketball and uh football in high school so I played guard and running back in those two things, a defensive back. So that's that's my athletic profile. And then I went and played college volleyball on a club team, or as the middle hitter. But it was uh, middle hitters are the big tall guys. But I wasn't very big and tall, you know, per the under six feet. But I could jump, so I could I can jump. So that's the that's the stats. That's where I'm coming in at, Brandon. Yeah, is, is, really- is, is that lining up with your with what you remember me as? Uh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, it is that, um, you know, it lines up with the things I've heard you tell me just being drunk at the frat, like that definitely all checks out. And in reverse, you'd be the actual athlete. We should have done this in the other order, but, um, I didn't play any college sports. Um, looking back. So I'm, um, I fancy myself as six feet with shoes on, but yeah. I actually got measured because that creates arguments everywhere I go. <laughs> which is uh, just pretty much makes it depends on how thick that sole is, but right, uh, like right <laughs> at five eleven, if not a little bit more. Um, yeah, and I would say, uh, I would say my twitch is probably at the bottom of the barrel. Um, I would classify me as slow, which I'm sure owner Chris Allen will be excited to listen to when he Ooh. beat me running down Olympic. Um, and then, like I said, don't have any calves, don't have any ass. Um, and that's that's the tale of my take, bro. So there you go. Yeah, I'm 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 all coach. I'm I'm all thighs and junk in the trunk. That's me. Which is uh, which limits what I wanted to do, like because I think 
basketball would have been like the sport I would have loved to have played professionally. Yeah. But there's no, my body type isn't in the NBA. You know what I mean? Or very, if there is, it's very rare. Yeah. Okay. So let's say that like, um, let's do the, the make believe. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to make believe. Let's do the actual, where do you fit in actually as an athlete? Um, it's really funny too. Cause it's like, you think of yourself as like, Oh, is it a good athlete? But like in the world, I'm probably an average to below average athlete. You know what I mean? Like I could run, I can jump, but there was always like someone significantly better. Like once you got to that college age. Um, but I definitely think like my best sport probably could have been and should have been like football or even like, um, uh, or even like soccer. Like um, yeah. there's, there's a lot of guys and I did have endurance, but I had quickness and, and lateral quickness as well too, playing football. But soccer would have been like those guys, my body type would have been like, like solid for that, like thighs and endurance and running and then also having the sprinting ability, ability too. But I never, I never played soccer and I, I don't know why, you know what I mean? I just didn't, I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't like a mainstream sport and I just threw myself into the mainstream sports. Yeah, that's kind of what happened, right? And I'm going to, I'll echo that sentiment on what sport I could actually have played to go pro, what would be the closest and most likely of happening in this fantasy world. Yeah, you're right. And that's what has me going with baseball because baseball is introduced to us first, I think for yeah. you uh, also like uh, early, early nineties, um, super early nineties, even like a little late eighties and early nineties, the soccer boom hadn't really gotten there yet. And I think for soccer, just what you see with how early these kids have to start and just like really know the soccer ball, be able to just like dribble with their feet and everything. Like that's just kind of the thing that it seems to be hard to hop on board for, like if you're like seventh or eighth grade. So with that, my most likely, if I were to be pro in something, I went with what I grew up playing, which was second base in baseball. I think my hitting would be kind of uh, a detriment, but it is where I played. It's, you know, out of, you know, I just, let's be honest, comparing to like NBA, NFL and everything, if you're going to get like a little latitude of what kind of athlete in quotes you are, like mm -hmm. baseball kind of opens that door a little bit. I'm not calling those guys not athletes, but you know, that seems to be a little bit more of hand eye ball, like coordination can kind of can sneak you in easier than anywhere else and height. For sure. And there's, there's a wide variety of body types in baseball. I mean, like you always think of like, david wells john crook like these are fat guys that were playing uh oh shit what's the pitcher i'm drawing a blank on a place for the mets uh oh, oh drink everybody uh, yeah uh cc sabathia cc well yeah he plays for the yankees and then there's another guy who played for really long he was also huge as well too just a fat guy but yeah there's a lot of that so it's like the the one thing about like baseball with like john crook with hitting or wells or sabathia like they had they just had special arms, you know yeah. what I mean? And like Kruk had great hand-eye coordination, could just, was a great, and then he played first, first base. So it's like, I don't have to move. I can just, I just need to hit the ball. So you could sneak by with, you know, unique body types and, you know, lack of certain athletic traits. But if you had an elite hand-eye coordination or like, you know, you just had a, a whip, which Brandon, you got an arm. Don't sell yourself short too, bro. Ah, uh, real sweetheart. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in the uh, the fantasy section. Of right, 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 right. <laughs> fantasy section B. Right. Um, you know what's really funny? So I was hearing. Um, God, I wish I remember what athlete was talking about it. And it's it's a book, so maybe we'll post on it, guys. You don't drink when I say anything, and it's also right. a breakfast podcast. So everybody. yeah, shake shake the cobwebs out, or hit that bloody mary, whatever you want to do. Um, so we'll say Bartolo Colon. There you go, buddy. Thank you. 
and I didn't look it up. Fuck you. Just All right, you got it. You got smoke. Wow, coming at you. It's Sorry, yes. breakfast. I did drink last night. I might be a little wonky. <laughs> uh, what do you for your girls and their athletics? If they do show interest and you start getting involved, there's some school. The majority of school of thought seems to be um, you've got to focus them there early like decide what they're going to be, what sport they're going to be interested in. And then it's all camps. It's all that obsession for like mm-hmm. the decade or whatever mm-hmm. leading through high school. There's other camps that, uh, and we'll have to post this or shoot us an email and we'll get you the name of the book. Uh, it's, it's definitely on my reading list, but it's like um, that exposure to everything actually helps build a better athlete, even when you're younger. Like it keeps you more interested and it also just like works out like just different muscle Groups. And it's kind of like that thing about plateauing as like in the gym, right? Like right. keep the body guessing, keeping everything going, including the mind. What's your, right. what's your school thought? Yeah, no, I definitely like growing up, you know, we were in that era where it's like you, you started to see people get more and more focused on yeah. specializing their, their, their sports. Um, but I always like to play a lot of different sports and I, like, I think it helped me just be more of a natural athlete. Like, now playing golf like I never played golf but I I do okay because I played a lot of different sports so I definitely think it 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 aided in that so I'm way more in the play all sorts of different sports right because and I know I think I know the book that you're talking about because there's like the the analogy in the book about like the specialized soccer player so it's like so we got him in like U6 right and 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 he was on the Simmons podcast if we're thinking about the same book exactly yeah so uh, but I can't remember the guy's name. We'll we'll post it in there after the fact. But yeah, but basically there was the example of like the U6 uh, soccer kids that were playing and they learned like one system, one style of play and were like dominant and super strong. But what would happen is, is they would go to these national tournaments and eventually if you figured out the counter <laughs> to what they're supposed to do, ball goes here, ball goes there, you know, shoot, goal, right? If you figured the counter out to that, the kids all of a sudden their dominance just went away and they became like a nothing team yeah. because they were so focused and so ritualized in one way of going about things that they they didn't have the fluidity, especially in like in a soccer, to adapt play. And that's yeah. the thing about going and finding other avenues and even other sports. A it up opens up your bodies to different movements, right? Which is different, like like you said, plateauing at the gym. But secondarily to that, it's the game, it's the mental aspect of it, the gameplay of it, right? So I have to think differently in the like, you know, ball sports where it's like, you know, ball, goal, and defender. I have to think differently about it. And then even with other sports where it's an individual sport, like track and field, you know, now it becomes way more of a uh, an individual sport, but it's also a mental sport as well, too, right? You have to be uh, training your focus on exactly everything that you do you know, or, and, uh, and, and dial that in, which is, which is an interesting thought process in, in sports, right? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Cause it's sports at the end of the day, like the team sports, it's an improvisation, like you're improving out there. Right. And so like to the point of the kids, it was just like, they were showing this system and it's just like, it's, it's like te- teaching them how to load the dishwasher. It's just like, okay, I take this, I put it here. Like I understand that. And when it's thrown off, it's just, there's no, there's no thinking outside the box skills there, which I think the early exposure. And also like, I love what you're talking about why track and field is important, why you get away from those, because it's just like those sprints, it teaches you knowing the mechanics of your body, like like a triple jump will teach you mechanics and just like how your body's work and just kind of getting that down. And it's challenging, right? Because it's not right. it's not like an actual natural motion, but it's just like those sprints 
like running miles or whatever teaches you that that mental endurance how like i'm not gonna give up like how i gotta keep this going how i'm gonna compete yeah yeah and preparation heading into it right because it's such a like i remember like for me like getting in the right headspace in like the the relays was half the bot battle right it's just and that's why i think i'm also like a little um ritualized like on my pregame stuff when i when i did play sports like I liked it to be exactly the same all the time. So I could, cause I, I knew where I needed to be at and in order to get me to that place, I needed to find like a routine that consistently got me there. And if I deviated from it, it was like when we played it with the co-pilots, I would listen to music. We'd go through the layup lines. I would always wear my sweats until the very last second. Like, so I would stay warm. I wanted to stay warm. I didn't want, I wanted to get a nice sweat going while we were warming up. So I felt loose stretch. And then when it was time to tip, that's when I would strip off my stuff real quick right then and there. And I don't know if anyone paid attention or noticed it, but that for me was it because I didn't want to be cold running around in a cold gym. I wanted to stay as warm as possible, as long as possible. And that was my routine in the co-pilots like all the way through. And like, it's it, for me, I would, I, that routine, like, mentally helped me get there but that was built out of a lot of time of understanding like where do i mentally need to be at playing different sports where do i mentally need to be at before the you know the whistle blows or the ball tips or something like that yeah i noticed you always have my full attention when you're stripping bro Just yeah make that note. That's right. Exactly. Well, I did. I did. Well, it was a little provocative when I was, just, you know, twerking in the, at midcourt. Yeah. So one time you weren't wearing your shorts. I was like, he's really going for the distraction angle. I like it. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Cause you're just trying to, and we'll uh, close the loop on this. And then I want to hear your like uh, in fantasy of, of all fantasies, what position you would play, but it is, it, I think it's um, the pregame is trying to keep, uh, take out all, remove all variables. Right. It's just like, mm-hmm. this is what worked. I know this is what works. So before, like, I don't want to blame like, oh, you know what? Like I had two bottles of water instead of one. Like that's probably what slowed me down. It's just like, there's not, once you find something that works and it's just like, I play well, I feel optimal mm-hmm. in these conditions with this prep. Like this is what I need to get this machine humming to like bring it in to compete. Yeah. I mean, and, and athletes are like that. I mean, like Wade Boggs ate fried chicken before every baseball game. You know what I mean? It's like, they would have these rituals, you know, guys, and especially in baseball was, which is super ritualized. Like guys don't, you know, don't touch the, the, you know, the third baseline or the first baseline where they're running back into the dugout. I yeah. mean, it's all stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Just gobbling down that fried chicken. Oh, Hey guys. Uh, sorry. This is, uh, this is my ritual. Yeah. That's it. I do this before every game. Yeah. That's six pack of Modelo's. I'm crushing yeah. them. That's my ritual. Smoking that's- a couple of cigs. Pass, pass those ritual mashed potatoes over so I can gobble those down. Uh, all right, buddy. Uh, if you could be any athlete, not not any athlete, but play any athletic position, what, what would you do? Yeah, I, I've dreamed about it. I've dreamed about yeah. being 6'6", six, six, and, like, my ability to, to, to dunk a basketball. I've gotten one off the bounce, just barely getting it in. But aside from that, no other dunks. But if I had six more inches and a quarter, for anyone that's counting, uh, <laughs> then I, like, 6'6", six, six, like, a wing NBA basketball player, like, athletically would just be fucking awesome. Like, I, like just running down. I love basketball and just yeah. running down the court and, like, dunking on somebody just seems like a, like, I, I, it just seems like the most perfect like play. I can't imagine doing something else, maybe like trucking somebody in football, but uh, you know, the contact is, is, 
it's another level, you know, in football, and that's always tough. But yeah, six six wing like a two guard. Oof. Yeah, two guard. Ooh, be awesome. Just lethal. Yeah. Yes, good. So it's like um, if it's football and basketball that was kind of close, you just like just the game flow of basketball really gets to you. Yeah, and we talked about you talked about it earlier, right? So there's been a description of like you know the 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 three major sports like basketball is like jazz like it is improvisation the whole way through i mean obviously there's plays and you know the nfl football is like military precision like everyone has a a marching order uh and then baseball is like you know geometry right it's all about angles and and that sort of stuff but um but yeah so i like the improvisation of basketball i like the creative game flow um when I played between the other twos, you know, there's sometimes there's when you're off sitting on the sidelines, that's a, a boring thing for me when it's, you're just waiting to get back on the field. Not boring. It's just more like, I think there's a little bit more anxiety, just waiting. Anxiety. Yeah. There's definitely a little bit more of the head game involved. Yeah. I think where it's just like, you can lose yourself in the basketball game, right. When you're just kind of flowing and dunking, yeah. like the jumpers are going down. Like you're just like, Oh shit, it's already halftime. All right. Well, let's yeah. get back up. Uh, yeah. To that point, I did pick football. Like I yeah. just, I always want to play QB, man. Oh, like I remember like getting ready, like my senior year of high school was going to do it. And then I had my hernia operation. So never, never got out for the Wabunsee high school chargers. But Ooh. like, I like, I like the chess match. I like the progressions. Like I, I just, I really like throwing the football also. Like, it's just like, it's really like. <laughs> yeah. it's, that's that's <laughs> an integral piece of it as a quarterback. That's yeah. That's good. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean those the quarterback obviously is the best position in football, right? It's uh uh you know, yeah, you get the glory, but you also get a little knocked around too, but you know, it's it's where it's at. You know, same thing with two guards. I think Jordan, you know, the wing player changed it. I mean, basketball used to be a big man. You know, everyone wanted to be a center. I I wanted to be the guy that can can, can do it on both ends, but could be athletic, run and jump and and do all that stuff. So um but yeah i mean there's something to be said about playing football too and just like the the you know being like uh pat mahomes or tom brady i mean like there, there is no more glory in in that sport at that position right yeah it's just a big play aspect right like yeah. you know it's just like played some flag football games or whatever but it's like when you like go back to the pass and then like you kind of get tackled and like you just can't like you can kind of like barely see your ball flying down there and then you just kind of see like the guy catch it and like keep running you're just like oh like it just you know you kind of like yeah. land you're like i love those shots of seeing like pat mahomes like laying on the ground and then just it's trying just to like, see they got it. it's like an arm shoot up in the air because he sees the guy like off the touchdown well and that's the thing too i think that speaks a little to like personality types too because like i know and we'll talk about this and i think later on in the inbox but you know like when guys evaluate um quarterbacks like i heard this great description of like leadership and uh, they said like, you know, if you had a room full of quarterbacks, like NFL prospects, right. And then you're going to go like, Oh, I'll pile in a van and, you know, go to the stadium or whatever we're going to place. And it's like, you threw the, the keys out to the van, like the guy that grabbed the keys, like I'm driving, like that's the leader. Right. And that's like yeah. the, 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 a perfect analogy of what a quarterback is, right. They're the guy that's driving it. That's taking the keys. I've got it pile in, get behind me we're doing this thing. And I, I love that analogy. And I think that that speaks to like personality types a little bit too, with the mental makeup of a quarterback. It's like, they gotta be that way. Like you're saying, they gotta hang in the pocket, trusting themselves to make that throw. 
and then have everyone around them believe that they can do that. And that's a, that's what a quarterback is. Well, you know, I hate driving cars, so I guess I'm out. That fantasy is dead. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Oh, inbox, sorry. I didn't really just shit on your, your dream enough. there. Sorry, man. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. I didn't need to get hyped up all Saturday afternoon thinking I could have been pro QB. Not going to happen. You proved it. All right. Um, first inbox. Is it better to build an offense or defense through the draft? It's a good question. Sure. It's a very good Sweet. question. And I'm, and I'm assuming he's talking about NFL, right? I mean, yeah, you had to make that assumption also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, Bill Parcells once said, like, you know, if you're, or maybe it was Belichick, either one, they were like, if you, if you get, like, if you're, if you're right, you hit on 51% of your draft picks, like you're, you're like a hall of famer, basically. It's so mm-hmm. hard to evaluate the NFL draft. And just like we talked about, like the mental side of a quarterback, you know, for every Pat Mahomes, there's Cade McNown or, you know, the, you know, Mitch Trubisky even the same draft right it's just it's really hard to get it right yeah um that's that's what I was gonna say with that like it's just like with the offense uh let me just give you my two big bowls and you take it from there think of the offensive side of the ball there's just like there's such a and I think offense we're talking QBs obviously we're not talking like fucking running backs and wide receiver whatever but there's such a there's such a pressure and i know it's a point i bring up all the time on you know coaches trying to keep their head coach trying to keep their job and there's such a pressure to make a splash like i think it's even in that draft day movie uh this is not an mab date night recommend nor do we recommend watching the movie on your own draft day that's fast but it was just like you know like one of the conversations is like that pressure to make a splash and it just seems like with how often QBs can be busts. Cause I, I wouldn't even say it's like 50%. I mean, I think the QBs have to be lower than that. But I say, take your defensive guy, even if you trade down a little bit to get like maybe additional second round pick or additional second round pick next year. And then I would want to, and it's funny cause it's pretty much the script the Vikings followed. And not that I'm saying that they hit it out of the park cause they definitely have not, but, uh, but maybe like, you know, with the Nick Foles and the other guys kind of available, get your defensive guys to the draft and then figure out that quarterback position with somebody that's tried and true, as opposed to, I don't know, like, but that also might be, and take his philosophy and run with it. That might be getting into the position where, you know, you're Jeff Fisher, where you're just kind of hanging around like nine and seven, eight and eight, maybe getting like that six seed in the playoffs for like 10 years. And who the fuck wants that? Yeah. And if we look back at like, I mean, cause what the end goal is to win chips, to win championships. Right. So it's like, you got to go back to, you know, early 2000s, Ray Lewis and that era with the Ravens, you know, um, you know, Vaughn Miller played really well for the Broncos, but they had, you know, Hall of Fame caliber quarterback and Peyton Manning, even though he didn't have the juice in his arm, Yeah, you know, but he did have the defense around, around you know, yeah. so it's like, but you need, you need uh, like a proven quarterback and, and the Ravens got, you know, even, and, and Trent Dilfer was a first round pick. I mean, people forget this, but he was like the fifth overall pick um he just bounced around the league he just didn't he didn't uh pan out the way they thought he was going to be hall of fame wise but was a game manager and knew what he needed to do and knew his limitations and and it made for a perfect symbiosis between offensive defense but i i you know i look back and i'm like if you've got you know, the, the last defensive player that was the NFL MVP was Lawrence Taylor in 1986. Since then, it has been running backs, quarterbacks, uh, maybe a wide receiver in there too. I'm not sure. But 
and then like you look at Super Bowl MVPs, there's only been 10. Von Miller, like we talked about in that, you know, that Bronco year. <clears throat> Malcolm Smith from Seattle, Dexter jo- uh, Jackson from Tampa Bay. Both of those guys really did, didn't do much. Ray Lewis, uh, obviously Hall of Fame. Larry Brown, who picked off Neil O'Donnell and that Steelers Cowboys Super Bowl and then signed a big, huge deal, I think, with uh, I think Tampa Bay or, 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 or the Jets. I can't remember. Neil O'Donnell, I think, with the Jets. Uh, Richard Dent, Hall of Famer. And then 1978, Randy White and Harvey Martin. He's a Hall of Famer, Randy White. Jake Scott and Chuck Howley actually won the MVP for on the losing side with Dallas. But that's where I think you've got to get the edge to build your team around through the draft through – offense right like if you can get a pat mahomes if you yeah. can get those guys you can find the other talent that's there right uh this isn't boiled down the question like let's let's boil we can boil down this question in the next level it's just like is it worth the one in four possibility of getting a pat mahomes which puts you in the driver's seat for like around the next eight years at least or do you go the vikings route where slowly steadily build up their defense grab like a case keenum and then make it run because the Vikings could have run it, could have won it that year. I mean, I know there was a big upset against the Saints, but like that Eagles right. game, they just didn't show up. And I get, I, if they get through the Eagles, like I don't hate them against the Pats. Right. It's like that's just an example of a team that just kind of like went to grab a quarterback. Um, like it was kind of a secondary thought. And it's just like, all right, who can, because I think you can do that now with like Nick Foles. We didn't really get to see that play out in Jacksonville for injury reasons, but there's right. still like, uh, like didn't hate like Alex Smith to the Redskins and, you know, Hopefully he heals okay also. I mean, these are all sure, not great sure. examples. These injuries happen. But to me, that's the two things. Like, is it worth taking a shot at Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs? I think uh, the Chiefs haven't really taken a shot on a quarterback. But, like, what's another team that's taken a shot? Like, maybe Cleveland on a lot of, lot of young quarterbacks and that not turning, turning out. And then they're just kind of stuck in this bottom of the barrel thing for, like, you know, 25, 30 years. Right. And they, they try to build with, you know, going on the Browns. So, so they had Miles Garrett, right. They had Denzel Ward as well. And that uh, Saquon Barkley draft. So it's like, do they, you know, they're trying to build through the draft, but are those guys going to be the guys that again, grab the keys to the, to the van and, and drive you to where you need to go. I think about, you know, the, the Raiders had Khalil Mack, then they traded them to the bears. So the bears had this, you know, fucking awesome defense, right? And then Trubisky is in there and is is, is playing a little wonky. And then now they, they trade for Foles, right? So I just wonder, you know, you've got you've got these guys. I guess the really the thought is is like who kept their homegrown players and then who built teams through the, the draft, like which is better to build through the draft. And I think offensively it always starts with a quarterback. You're very rarely if if you're gonna get a Tom Brady, you're getting him in year twenty two. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not going to make a trade for them. You know, same thing with Brett Favre. You're just not going to get those guys. And those guys are going to be the ones that are going to give you the best shot after the fact. You know what? This category is really rich. I mean, we want to put this up in dog ear for an opportunity of ripped. Like, is it better to just like build through the draft or like home throw it and just kind of like pull down some examples? Because I think at the end, I'd, I'd really like to look back on the years on, you know, who kind of pay their pittance, like just kind mm-hmm. of suffering like waiting for the right guy and then kind of took off. You know, I think there's a little bit of that with, with the chiefs, how the chiefs did things. And, but there's also like the luck involved too. So I'd like to see some guys that, you know, so other teams that aren't the Browns that took swings on like top tier QBs that just never panned out like the, like the RG three and like what happened there. Interesting yeah. stuff. 
Yeah, and I think about like Dallas during the mid '90s, right? It's like Aikman. They drafted him. One, they were one in fifteen. They took him. They got. They slowly built. They got Irving. They got. Now they also had some solid drafts as well too on the defensive side. But um, Charles Haley, they got from the 49ers, right? So that was a huge defensive player for them. They got Larry Allen, the offensive guard. Um, Oh, oh, shit. Leon Lett, they got in the draft, right? Um, And then Williams, that big tackle they got as well, too, in the draft. But so it's like they're the perfect example of, like, they homegrown. They they really hit it out out of the park. But it started with the big three, Irving, Smith, Troy Aikman, like those are the, the that's a prime example of building that offense through the draft and then sinking in the little or slugging in, I should say, the little like accent points. So like, all right, so we need this guy. We need, you know, we, we, we need a Deion Sanders as a lockdown cornerback. Right. So let's go get him. He's available. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So I am yeah, email so good that it evolved into a ripped in front of our very eyes. Ooh. I might deserve an MAP mug. Put that blood in your <laughs> Gotta get that right, ordered. Okay. Um, okay, we have substitution. Um, could be loaded. Uh, Super Bowl championship offense of the Chiefs. Uh, could they have won with a lesser running back? Mm-hmm. This is from the same emailer that has been obsessed with fullbacks yes. for the last few weeks. But didn't ask us about a fullback, which is good. For example, could they have won with uh, Amir Abdullah or Maurice Claret? Um, email email of the year 2019 uh, so can i jump into this i did some numbers for sure absolutely I got, I up yeah yeah go go I, for I, it we were getting party on last night so i was like i can come through all right so here's uh here's the performance that we got in the super bowl damian williams 17 carries for 104 yards averaging 6.1 yards a carry pat mahomes 9 for 29 3.2 uh 29 yards from pat mahomes little side note I'm forgetting about the bet where I had over 31 and a half yards which would have hit should Pat Mahomes didn't take the knees at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. This, I just want to point that out. Just yeah, uh, yeah. a bad beat. Okay. So um, San Francisco ranked 12th uh, in the league for stopping the run, uh, giving up an average of 106 yards per game. So that's right at where the 104 we had in the Super Bowl. That seems pretty spot on for what would have happened during the season. LaShawn McCoy had 10 less carries. He had 101 carries, averaging 4.6 yards a carry. Damian Williams, our Super Bowl guy, 111 carries, averaging 4.5. My point to this. Yes. All I can tell is there is a variable. I can sub in a different running back in the regular season just to show what effect that offensive line had for the Chiefs on creating holes against someone that averages around the same yards that they performed in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. which was right at the average of what San Francisco was giving up. So if it's the average of what San Francisco was giving up, you'd have to think the average running back could put up the same performance. I say, yes, the Kansas City Chiefs could won with any old running back back there. Ooh, interesting. I like that angle. I like comparing against the, the, uh, the defensive line and the defense for the 49ers. Because yeah. I did, I did a little quick homework on it too. Maybe not as in depth as yours, of but you I think, I think my yeah. homework is just to catch up to your natural brain and what's already up there, bro. Uh, I do that just to get us on this. You're, like, you're, even you're too kind, bro. So I, I thought about this, right? Because it's a good question. Because we we tend to forget. Because we talked about it when we did the Insta when we covered the game. We kind of walked it through on the on the IG live uh, at mab underscore sports. Um, we uh we we broke it down he he should have probably won the mvp 
But yeah. I mean, obviously, considering Pat Mahomes for that game, he was unbelievable in that game. So I started looking about it, and 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 Damian Williams was probably probably in that moment, probably for the last two months, was probably playing his best football of his entire life, right? So could you have slugged in any old running back? Yes, but the, the difference is, is that average running back going to play at their peak potential of their career in that moment? Because that's really what he was. If you look back in the, you know, in the six games, or excuse me, the three games, in the playoffs, he had six touchdowns, right? He had four rushing TDs and two receiving TDs. He had like 190 some odd yards. You know, he helped, uh, um, you know, make some big plays in that Titans game. Uh, same thing in that in that Texans games. But if you can scroll back his final two games, he had like 100 yards and 189 yards in his last two games and three TDs in his last two games. 5'11", 220, 28 years, kind of ascending in his peak, you know, running back athletic form. So you, if you want to, you know, that's the other thing with LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy has passed his peak and was dipping out. Like they didn't even play him at all in those Super Bowls, probably because Williams was playing so well. Um, well, yeah. So, yes, could you have found the average guy? But you needed, and we've talked about this with like running backs and offenses, right? It's like sometimes they have different guys. Like the Chiefs have Darwin Thompson and – you know, LaShawn McCoy and, and then Damian Williams, all these different, you know, body types and different types of style running backs. Um, and it's probably what the reason why they drafted uh, Clyde Edwards Alar because, or Hilar because of his ability to do and mirror what Damian Williams did in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs, which is catch the ball and run the ball. Uh, so, long story short, I think, yes, you could. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what guy you're pulling off the the trash heap, if you will, that's going to come in there and play. Well, he gave you this. He gave you the two options. Yeah, those guys. I mean, fuck. You know, I mean, more but, or less, right. sure. Here's it, to me. This is a bigger testament for to also Pat Mahomes' leadership. Like, I got to give a little credit there. Like, if you're saying, let's say that the Tennessee Titans ended up in the Super Bowl, and then you know, and Derrick Henry kind of has an insane performance and then you ask me it's just like oh could could they have won with just any old running back it's just like no Tannehill was leaning on Henry to create like all the other offense he needed or like Pat Mahomes I think if there's a running back back there like Abdul and it's just like not living up to what they need or what they expect or San Francisco just shut him down because running back's not creative or whatever they're losing the line of scrimmage battle then Pat Mahomes find a way to scramble out and other ways to threaten them I think I, I I agree, but if we're watching in that game, Williams routinely was extending the play, picking up clutch yeah. first downs, making guys miss. Mahomes had, you know, one really bad INT and one I, a second INT that kind of skipped into the arms of the defender. But they were both in the second – were they both in the second half? Or just one was in the second half? Either way, it was like he was kind of not playing hot. And, and you know, he got – a lot of checkdowns to Williams. I, I, yes, an average running back with you know the same skill set that Williams had, you could slink in there and hope and pray that he just kind of steps up and plays the best football of his life right mm -hmm. then and there. Like that's the thing that we're taking away. Where it's not like, uh, it's not like we're slugging it. You know, these are a pair of socks. I'm going to put these on and they they cover my feet just the same. 
you know, these are like, this guy is the best at what he's doing in this moment in time. And it all crescendoed at the most perfect time for the Chiefs, right? They needed yeah. somebody. I don't know, because if the way uh, LaShawn McCoy was playing and Darwin Thompson was non-existent, it's like it, in that Super Bowl, when now it all falls on Mahomes to make plays, you know, I don't know. I mean, the 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 49ers had control of that game for three quarters, and it wasn't until the very end where, but they they would have been dominated had they not even had the the early performances by by Williams early on. So, I, I you know, I I don't want to take away anything from Williams, and I but I also don't want to make him more than what he is. I think yeah. it's just that perfect like you know perfect mesh of timing talent. And like peak performance, you know, maybe he was, you know, he'd gotten the right mental state to go forward in that playoffs in the last couple of days and was just feeling his best. And that's, that's the thing that happens. I mean, like we, like I just ran down some of those Super Bowl MVPs, Larry Brown, Dexter Jackson, these guys all went off to get huge contracts somewhere else that never lived up to their performance, but it all like their peak was right there at the best moment in time. Yeah, and yeah. so that's really what you're looking for, for that running back, not just, you know, uh, you know, Maurice Clorette, who's been out of the league for years, or Amir Abdullah, <laughs> who's a smallish back who has concussion issues. You know what I mean? Yep. So the answer is yes, we think they could, but don't tell Williams we don't want to hurt his feelings. Exactly. Yeah. We're compassionate here in the morning pod, the breakfast club. That's what we're doing. Madly chicken. Bring us to the jam. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Chicken. I thought you said chicken. I was like, what? I did say chicken. That's why I say it again. It's like I edited the fuck out of there. <clears throat> um, okay, we have our championship series. Uh, if you guys haven't followed, it's Twitch. Um, you see it on our, our Instagram, MABs underscore yeah. sports. We're talking about it all the time. Uh, started out with eight teams that we drafted from the a pool of 100 of the greatest players of all time. Have had eight. It's a best of three series, playing it down, and we are down to the championship. We have the Pistons. Versus the Celtics, three games series. What are the keys to this matchup? Real fast, let me get into this. Who's at home? I'll drop this line right now. I'll drop this line right now because I got, I got the Celtics owner asking me about it. So we'll do a little special here, Ooh, which won't yeah. matter because by the time you listen to this, this game will be over. But we'll see. <laughs> right. I believe I believe the Celtics are at home first to start. Okay, Celtics at home first. So uh, I have Pistons minus three and a half on the road. Ooh, road favorites. Yeah, I like it. The Pistons, if you guys don't know, are my team. Mm-hmm. Expertly cultivated and drafted. <laughs> right. Ma- Magic Johnson, James Harden, uh, Scottie Pippen, Tim Duncan, David Robinson. We got a lot of flack on the Twitch uh, call for that Lakers-Pistons game that I didn't make a big deal about reuniting David Robinson and Tim Duncan. I, I did. I did in the draft. <laughs> I reminded everybody. Yeah, You're yeah. wrong. I'm just doing that. 
let, let, let's, listen, you, you Johnny come latelys. Like, you either follow <laughs> the story from the beginning and just, right. or you just uh, jump in midstream and you shut your trap. Just lock it up. Right. Uh, okay, so um, we saw the Celtics. So they got out of a – went to three games. Yes. Um, they were playing the, the Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Shaq just kind of dominated. Celtics probably, especially uh, in the semis, probably adjusted and was tweaking with their lineup the most. 100%. Fucking <laughs> up until game time. I was like, yeah. enough. I had to call last call. I was like, stop it. <laughs> you can't fucking do this anymore. Uh, okay, so what's the key to the game? I think one thing we saw um, from the Celtics that I saw, uh, and then give me the key to your finals matchup, is they got away from Kawhi a little bit and yeah. then just kind of got dominated in game two, got Kawhi back in there, just forgave him. It was just like one bad game. Kawhi had like a, a pretty solid, I think it was like 20-ish points. And the big thing also, they went uh, to their big man, given Olajuwon a lot of playing time, yeah? Yeah, they really, so they've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and uh, Akeem Olajuwon, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and John Havlicek have subbed in at the small forward. And they go Walt Frazier and Steve Nash in their backcourt. So they um, they really leaned on, and they have Alonzo Mourning coming off the bench. And then now they have Kawhi coming off the bench. Uh, and then they get a little few minutes from Bob Cousy and Penny Hardaway just to kind of, and you know, add in that rotation. Um but their 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 big strength really and what we've kind of seen play out in this Mab League playoffs is like having like dominant bigs, right? To control the 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 paint, um, mm-hmm. add yeah. offensive rebounds. The their their team is the best rebounding team in the Mab League playoffs. And it came up it came in huge in that game three, that closeout game against the Timberwolves, because they were able to keep Shaq off the off the board. So they don't shoot the three well, which we've noticed that in Mab League, the official shot of Mab League is the long two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, man, I knew it too. Remember, I went for no three guys. Yes, I was I my my math was right. I'm just not as good as everybody else. Well, so and, and that's the thing is we I was talking with owner Trent off off uh, off pod, and uh, and I said like the teams that got versatile big men and the teams that didn't overload their starters with minutes like Joao de Vivec loaded up their starters and really played like a majority of their starters uh for the most of the time and then also conversely played a lot of guys out of position which may have been your Achilles heel as well too like playing Dennis Rodman at the small forward you know didn't bear fruit the way you thought it was going to be because they were just too far out of position trying to do stuff that wasn't in their you know, look, their, I, look, I've, I've been out of this thing for weeks. I don't need critique. Okay. All right. I've moved all, on. All right. Uh, sorry. 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 Let's That's get to the shot of it. But he loaded up like he, he had basically uh, uh, like LeBron pay, playing like 32 of the 36 minutes in the game, which is fine. Like if you look at it, like, okay, LeBron can play, uh, you know, heavy minutes throughout the game. That's not a big deal. But I think the big difference is with everyone being like Hall of Famers on the court. I think the fatigue factor really is the biggest X factor in that because it's like, not only am I going like against like offensively a hall of fame defender or player at least, yeah. but like I got to defend on it as well too. And that's, that's what we see. That's what yeah, we see two, a lot of that coming through. Yeah. Two ninety four guys ranked 94 overall is going against each other. The guy that's less tired is probably going to win that matchup. Exactly. Right. So, you know, bench play, I think has actually been, 
you know, has been a big a factor as possible. And we've seen some of those runs happen. It's when the the bench teams have come in if one guy just kind of catches fire a little bit, like in that Timberwolves game with, with the Celtics, Alex English, who came off the bench for the Timberwolves was on fire and was keeping them in it and had like 10 or 12 points in that fourth quarter. They weren't able to get it done, but it was like, he was the only one scoring. Shaq wasn't scoring fucking Larry bird. Wasn't scoring. It was Alex English. And he was going against, you know, he's a great low post scorer going against Kawhi. And he maybe just had fresher legs. Guys, we're definitely doing this again. If you're interested in joining and getting a team on here, we'd love to have you. This is uh, it's Mad League. It's people why we don't know where to launch the next one, but we'll get you in the queue. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Subject line, Mad League. Next one. Get me in. I got next. Whatever you want to put. Just put Mad League somewhere. Right, right. It doesn't, it doesn't I really need it. <laughs> I need them addicted. You guys are awesome. Great announcing. We do announce the game also, guys. Uh, our one's coming up on Sunday. You're not going to hear about that, but just check in. MAB underscore sports. Uh, just the the stories. We'll tell you the next time. It'll have the link, and you can listen to most awesome do the play-by-play with a little color commentary from your man, Brandana. Real fast, uh, who do you got winning this series, and how many games does it go? Ooh, so the Pistons are the only undefeated team, but I'll say Pistons in three. Why not? This is in three. I'm going to get it to three. Um, all right, guys, tune in for that. Look for the updated times. Uh, Neapolitan Showdown, bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me, and we just disagree. Neapolitan showdown, worst car accessories. Right. I, I love it. I this feels true. Drew it out of a hat. It's fantastic. Um, yes. Interesting to see where it goes. My my number one. I don't even think does qualify, but I'm throwing it up there to see what happens. Oh, like uh, okay, it. so we both know you drive daily. I was an Uber guy before all this went down. Obviously, I haven't ridden an Uber in a while, but also right. like you know. I classically came, came up earlier, love not to drive. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, I'm going to the old mind bank about when I did drive, what did I hate about what was in the car? My number three, I'll go right now. I'm going to do that cardboard window shade that you put up when you go inside Good. the mall or whatever. Yeah. Here's, here's why it doesn't work. I'm not a married guy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I get it. Yeah. No one's judging. It's, it's judgment-free zone here, Brandana. Yeah. So not a married guy. Uh, so obviously, like, part of what my car setup would be is I want something that's kind of... You know, not too flashy, but just nice, a really nice looking car. Put out the cardboard thing kind of like, totally takes away from it. It's like having like a really nice suit and then putting like a poncho on over it. I understand what it's doing. Like it's keeping things cool on the inside. It just kind of doesn't, what you have to deal with doesn't really match what you're trying to get done. Yeah. And also who the fuck do you think you are? Right? Putting that shade <laughs> up there. You're so important. You got to keep your car cool. Yeah, are you on, keeping dude. it cool? Are you keeping like the, the dashboard not from cracking? I don't like I'm still not at one thousand percent. Like it's supposed to keep like, the glass, the surface area of the glass and the sun coming in keeps it what like four degrees fucking cooler. Yeah. So we get in the car instead of it being ninety-six degrees, it's a like a, a cool chilly ninety-two. Get out yeah. of here. Yeah, in the Southland, come on. It's fucking yeah. just just find some shade, roll the window. Come on. 100%. Be an adult about it. I like it. Um my number three. Uh, it's a very specific one. You could kind of slug in a couple of these variations of it, but I'm going to go with this one. 
the VW Volkswagen or the V the, the Volkswagen bug, the VW bug came back yep. big two thousands ish. Uh, you saw a bunch of people putting fucking the little eyelashes over Ooh, yeah. the headlights. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Is, are you trying to say your bug is winking, going to wink at me? Yeah. It's going to bat its eyes at me like, uh, you know, the fucking thumper in uh, 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 Bambi. Come on now. Yeah. All right. Um, that really makes sense. You know what? I'm going to go. I'll go ahead and do my constellation because it didn't make it. Uh, I like to kind of just like subcategorize like truck nuts on this because it kind of seems like the opposite way. It's just like I gave my I gave my vehicle fake testicles. To, like yeah. try to like humanize it. Yes. It, Mas- masculine. Ma- uh, whatever the word is, it's morning. I don't care. But yeah, the truck nuts is insane along with like the, the reindeer, like the, the, the reindeer horns and the little oh, like, yeah. Rudolph nose. <laughs> yeah. I get it. You're festive. <laughs> Come the fuck on, dude. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm going to go like, you're trying to save your car from getting six degrees hotter. So that's six. Um, in May, uh, ladies trying to make their little VW bugs at nine. Ooh, look at that. Look at that sexy bug. Not doing it. Um, all right. That is six. You're ahead. Up for number two. <clears throat> um, so this might have changed. But when I drove, there was the cradle thing that you had for your cell phone that had a suction cup. And that suction cup, no matter where you stuck it, never stayed on there. Like it totally oh just like it have it up there. It's supposed to be not distracting, but you just like hit a little speed bump and then it fall like underneath like your, you know, the gas pedal. And that becomes very distracting. So yes. those half, like that was the rage, right? When we first got cell phones, there was all these different companies making all these little plastic pieces of shit you could get for like eight ninety nine, and then right, just right. throw them in your car. And they were all worth about 89 cents. Yes. That that's very good. Like, the Tom Toms and the like the, the before like GPS on your phone, you had all those GPS things and like they stick on your dashboard, they fall yeah. off, you know, probably because you didn't have the shade up there to keep it nice and cool on your dashboard. Like the suction started to release on it. Exactly. But um, and that, and that puts me in the, that, that reminds me of too, like all the eight ninety nine stuff. It's like the uh, now with like the USB ports or like the, the phone chargers that you could buy at the gas station exactly. that you buy for like, you're like, oh, is this really $9 worth, but I need it. I, my, my phone's dead. I need to just plug it in. And then you do it for like eight times. Uh, you probably haven't experienced this. But then what happens is like you bought it from like China or some off-brand stuff. And eventually when you plug your phone in there, it goes, you know, cannot like, does, does not does recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, it's just, a, it's just like, I, I never plugged a lamp in and gotten that response. Like, what's going I, on? <laughs> You know, I kind of, I kind of like my phone doing that though. I like, I like that my phone's smart enough to be like, whoa, 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 slow down. This is cheap bullshit. Everyone just stop what they're doing. This is cheap bullshit right now. Get this away from me. Do not ever connect this to me again. Throw this in the trash can. You, like, cool that, you like that I your phone's a little you. bougie? Like I trusted like... you with me. <laughs> Turned on me. Uh, what's your number two, buddy? Um, my number two. Uh, you see this a lot in minivans um and then now they've even gotten kitschier with some little fun stuff but i i do not like the family stickers in the back window Mm, mom dad you know uh uh you know julie and her skateboard because she likes skateboard come on bro like i don't need to know your your profile i don't need this information 
yeah. coming back at me when I'm looking at you. And then I also really don't like the ones that are like my dinosaur ate your stick figure family. Now we're just trying to add on to this meme. I don't need to be entertained. I don't need this much fucking, you know, information as we're driving. And also, hey, dum-dums, like somebody's going to see that and then see little Julie in her skateboard. And like, you know, if you're so worried about your family and the safety of your family, now they now they know Julie likes to, to skateboard and you got a sister named Annie. Like, what's up? Let's be a little forward thinking on this. I completely agree. Like my America most wanted mom would like never let that go down. She was just like, you got to get that information. But I like, I totally like, I right. totally agree. It's just like, also it's like, I don't, it seems like a little, that's the big thing I want to hit on. Like, especially in this day and age, like it just seems a little bit of just like, Hey, here's a, some personal information about me. Every single car that gets behind me. Right. It's just right. like right. a little much. Um, all right. So what we're avoiding is five little stickers that you'd have to buy and slap on the back of your vehicle. So that brings you up to 14 and then I'm going to go eight, nine, nine, round that up to $9 for all those little pieces of shit. 14 to 15. You got a real barn burner, bro. My number one, you might, I'll let you disqualify me for my number one, but I got to get it out there because yeah. this might not be an accessory, but it's insane. Okay. The fucking beep that tells you to put your seatbelt on. Ooh. Get out of my fucking life. Stay out of my business. Maybe I'm just driving in the mailbox. Maybe it's quicker to not put this seatbelt on. Like I'll put on my seatbelt when I'm good and fucking ready. So shut your trap car. Don't try to like police me. You don't know what the score is here. You just don't feel that clips in there. And now you're just like, just going off. Silence it. Stop it. I love this for a totally different angle, but I'm right there with you. Right. So don't tell me my business car. I fucking drive you. You don't drive me. Correct. Right. Yeah. So then, so this happens a lot when we go on road trips, we got the, we got the big Kia Telluride, uh, three, three rows, you know, cause we're, we're that family. Um, and a lot of times what happens is, you know, either the kids will knock out and the far back commission 2.0, uh, and most what we try and structure our drive times around is, is Kamish junior really taking the siesta for as long as possible in that time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Dr. Mrs. The commish being the super mom that she is, she's got to jump back between front seat, middle yeah. row, you know, to help the girls back out in the back row when she disconnects that seatbelt. And that chime comes firing on. Tell you ride, you're fucking up my life right now. Yeah. Exactly. Because you're gonna wake somebody up. And then we're gonna have to deal with the screaming Commish Jr. for I don't know, an hour and forty-five minutes left of this ride. Fuck you with the chime. We know we disconnected it. It's not like she fell asleep and her elbow hit the fucking button. We know. Yeah, you're we know. You're totally right. It's yeah, I I operate you car, you don't operate me. Right. <laughs> right. Oh man, 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 that's fucking. I'm gonna I'm sell my cars right now. I'm getting old, manny. I, I like when I have like little old man moments. It's like, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Get off my lawn. <laughs> All right, what do you got at your top spot, buddy? Um, okay, so cars, I think we're, we, I think we both agree like they need to be clean. They need to be like, you know, you buy a car, you like it for the outside. Mm-hmm. Accessories are superfluous. The most superfluous accessory on a car is a bumper sticker there Mm. is the i i don't need to know as much as i don't need to know about your family i certainly most certainly do not need to know about any of your political ideologies your witty banter my other car is a tardis for doctor who fans 
suck <laughs> off, dude. I don't want to know this. And I, I think, I honestly think, and I, and, and I, and this is just a total hypothesis. And I hope I'm judging some of our fans out here. I really actually do hope I'm judging some of you. Yeah. The more bumper stickers you have on your car, the, 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 the lower your IQ is. I think you're stupid if you do that. I, yeah, I'll, I'll go with this. Like, um, and you're really going after him. He's I'm really going after him. I'm going to listen right I now. don't care. If you don't listen to it, first off, if you have that many bumper stickers, you probably couldn't find our fucking podcast to begin with. So that's fine. You're on fire. I know. Sorry. I, just, I, like, I like somebody with like the 899 cassette tape that turns your actual phone into playing over the speakers, listening to this podcast yeah, yeah, with it yeah. falling, the phone falling out of the cradle with like 30 bumper stickers and their family stickers on the back. Like they feel targeted. Tear rolling down their face. You. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's just, so there's one hurdle you have to get over first, right? There are like bumper sticker kind of people. Like there's just like, that's a club in itself where you're just like, I'm going to throw a bumper sticker on my car. What motivates someone to be like, I believe in, if you don't like my driving, call 1-800-EAT-SHIT. Like, what, yeah. motiv what motivates that person to do that? Like, oh, my God. What, who motivates, who's motivated by, like, even, even I, I don't even care, even if you're like, like, this is my president or, you know, Hillary for whatever or Trump what this. About what like, about it's proud, proud of my honor roll student at whatever Landon Elementary? Even worse. Yeah. Right. Like, first off, what what's what's the hill that we're climbing? Fucking honor roll at elementary. She got a check plus. Okay, come on, dude. Like, I get it. You can be proud of them, but like that kid, the elementary student's not gonna like see the back of the bumper car or the the, the bumper sticker on the back of your car and be like, yeah, man, that's me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come right. on, dude. I'm going to have to give the victory to Brandana. I'm yeah. going to take you. You did. You had great arguments. You did agree with mine. And then also you might have lost us, you know, at least five listeners. And we're in kind of uh, got to keep everyone we have mode. But uh, I do. If you've got I a bumper sticker, <laughs> I want to know what it is. Email me. I want the f I want fucking stats, man. <laughs> Victory, Brandana. All right, Brandana Gambling Corner section gets pushed again. We're right at the hour. It's becoming our Matt Damon to our Jimmy Kimmel show. Just oh, yeah. On here. I love it. Um, MVP of the week. Um, so we had to do this podcast in the AM, uh, Saturday AM for you guys listening. Uh, so I think I was thinking about it while I was dreaming because it's the first time that we've ever done an AM podcast. Yeah. You're dreaming about me, bro? Is that what you're telling? You're telling <laughs> yeah. yeah. Snoop Dogg. Uh, was coming on episode 123 we're in a minivan together and he was just, <gasps> hey so he's like tell me what what should i expect like are you guys gonna do like just kind of the mad about you segment i was just like yeah and then like i remember people coming up to him he's just like hey i gotta speed up these autographs like i gotta get on the mb sports podcast so i'll give snoop dog that i don't know if i have like real snoop dog or dream world snoop dog but i'll give it to real snoop dog because i'm gonna assume that one time i met him that he would come on the podcast if we are snoop a loop i love it i if we could get hey Anyway, Snoopy Loop, you can come on our podcast unless you have a bumper sticker on your car. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my MVP, uh, I'm going to go with Vince Carter, who just finally hung up, hung it up, retired. Vince Sanity, half man, half amazing. Uh, I, I, I tweeted out, or not tweeted, I, I IG'd out, I don't know, uh, some of his best in-game dunks on our, on our stories. Best 
in-game dunker, probably best dunker ever, right? I mean, I know Dominique Wilkins and MJ are up there, but pound for pound, like unbelievable dunker, fantastic and wonderful career. And uh, uh, I have lots of memories of Vince Carter. So hats off, my friend. Uh, guys, this has been MAB Sports Podcast episode 122. You know all the places to catch us. If you don't rewind it, MAB underscore sports on Instagram, MAB Sports Podcast at gmail.com. There they are again. Listen for that. Uh, guys, and watch for the final for Mab League 2020 all time NBA. I am Brandon. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Hey, Snoop, get out of Mab Dreams and into <laughs> my pod. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.